Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know, Mondays are usually stacked shows, but this is a stacked, packed, loaded show. It's the trifecta of stack. Um, if you missed Unfiltered this weekend, I exploded on the left in uh, one of my unfiltered rants about how CRT and this push to sexualize kids are related. I'm going to kind of update you on that. Got some video, too, of Mark Robinson, Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, lighting it on fire. Um, another rhino exposes himself. And I want to focus today on how we can't continue to function without some attachment to truth. I don't mean that in some kind of, you know, Robert Frost poem way. Uh, I'm going to show you what I mean. How a detachment from some truth North star, you can't continue to function as a society. Don't go anywhere. Loaded show today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show on this Monday. I've got that. And then uh, Chris Christie on on uh, ABC um, puzzling the panelists. Yes, Chris Christie of all people and kind of a rhino himself, but uh, interesting segment. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joseph, let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Joe was cutting video and audio all morning. So thank you for doing it. Yeah. So I hope you caught my show unfiltered uh, this weekend on Fox at 9 p.m. I say that because it was an important show. I, I mean, listen, I, I know it apparently sounds self-serving to say that, but I mean it. I use that as a vehicle to get out the ideas. I think we need to fight the ideological fight ahead. And one of the things I talked about this weekend in a completely unfiltered rant I did, which was not uh, written into the teleprompter, was I was talking about the, the leftist obsession with our kids. Why are they so obsessed with our kids? And I was trying to make the point that they're pushed to push racism into your kids' hearts and to sexualize them through CRT and these transgender ideology they want to push in schools. It's part of the same plan. I want to just walk you through it quickly. And I want to show you how if we don't have a vehicle out here to advance the truth, we can't continue to function as a society. Their goal, the left, is always to create new activists. That's why the schools are so important. Please listen to this. This is so important. The schools matter to them because it is an attentive audience for eight hours away from the parents. The kids are silent. There's 20 to 30 of them in the room. Their eyeballs are locked up front. And who's up front? A teacher. If they can get the teacher, they own your kids. There is simply no way in the three to four hours outside of school during the week, if that much, you're spending with them. I don't know what time you get home from work. I mean, we're, we're living busy lives. There is no way you can compete with the attentive audience of a school. They own the school. They own the kids. So what's the left's goal? What's the left's goal always? The left's goal is to continue a generation of activists. They see the schools as a scouting combine for new activists. They've always done it. The schools are training camps for them for new activists. Activists have to be taught. And for activists to be taught leftist ideology, leftist ideology involves fear. Why? Because it involves forfeiting over your freedom. What's leftist ideology? Stated very simply, we don't need to be overly, overly verbose here. Leftist ideology is big daddy government's going to solve your problems. In order to have big daddy government, you got to have little daddy people. You can't have big individual liberty and big government at the same time. It doesn't work. So activists have to be taught. School's the training ground, and you have to be taught fear. Because the only people that give up their individual rights to government are people who are afraid. They're afraid someone's coming for them. The capitalists are coming for them. The white male patriarchy is coming for them. Government's going to save you. Biden's going to save you. Obama's looking out for you. Kamala Harris is looking out for you. You have to be taught fear. Only for, uh, people who are afraid and fearful give up their freedoms voluntarily. Don't forget this. Activists. Create activists. You need fear. Fear creates victims. You are a victim of something. The government's going to save you. Victimology creates fear. Fear creates a need. It creates a need for security. You're afraid. You're afraid. 
You feel a need for security. You want to get away from the fear, the patriarchy, the capitalists, the rich people, white people, whatever it may be, privileged people. They're all white adjacent people. They're all coming for you. You need the security of government. What does that have to do with CRT and this uh, sexualizing of children? Folks, the CRT creates the victims first and creates the fear. Look, you're not privileged. What do you mean? You're not privileged. Someone's coming for you. You're going to need protection. And by the way, if you happen to be white, you're a bad guy too. The CRT creates the victims. The sexualization of children creates the division. Because if children are afraid, they could always go to their parents where they would typically go, their family for comfort. But you can't go to your parents. Your parents may teach you wrong. They may teach you you have God-given rights. We can't have that if we're going to create a new generation of activists. We cannot have that. So they need division after the fear. Because the fear, you will see comfort. You cannot see comfort in the family. You must see comfort in the government. So you need the division. That's where the sexualization of children comes in. You got a kindergartner who mentioned something about how he saw a dress he liked one time. Oh, transgender ideology. You transgender? Is the child gay? The child's in kindergarten. Maybe these are topics they should address with their parents. No, you'll address them here. And what's the first thing these people who push this ideology tell them? You are different. And your parents, they they just don't understand you. You come to me. You talk to me. You see how the division sets in? You're under attack. You're different. Look at who you are. You believe your parents that there's a male and female, there's males and females. You're something different. You see how the division, the division and the victimology work together to detach the kids from the parents. Folks, we have to use every vehicle we can to stop this. Our kids, our ki- if we lose our kids, we lose everything. Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, Mark Robinson, just laid the smack down. Uh, he was in a speaking in front of a church, largely a, 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 a largely black audience in the church, which is important because the minority community is with us on this. They are tired of the division. They are tired of the sexualization of children. So Lieutenant Governor of North Carolina, who I've had on my show many times, we're going to get him on the radio show this week, just laid the smack down on this this week. I want you to watch every single second of this. Check this out. This for us to stand up. And I'm not afraid to stand up and tell the truth about that issue. They're dragging our kids down into the pit of hell trying to teach them that mess in our schools. Tell you like this, that ain't got no place at no school. Two plus two don't equal transgender. It equals four. We need to get back to teaching them how to read instead of teaching them how to go to hell. We need every single vehicle we have. Public speaking, social media, radio, digital, television, cable, broadcasts, skywriting, I don't care, to fight back against this, ladies and gentlemen. They are not kidding around. I'm going to do a, uh, an opening monologue. I'm going to put together all week on my Fox show Saturday night. I know it's far away, at least in media terms. But I'm going to ask a very simple question. Are we dealing with people on the far left who are genuinely evil here? Don't just shake your head immediately and approve. We got to produce evidence of that. That's a serious claim to make. I think I'm going to push that in the monologue this week. I think I'm going to I'm, I'm going to make put make the make a case, make a rock solid case that we're dealing with genuinely evil people on the far left and what they're doing here, folks. As I said before. There isn't a society on planet Earth that can function without some kind of anchor in the truth. The traditional vehicle for that, at least in America, has been thought thought to be the media. You need an anchor for truth, folks. You can't have a free society. Think, I mean, again, I, I, I'm trying to avoid poetic type of language where people try to sound unnecessarily eloquent and just speak meat and potatoes. How the hell are you going to vote for a tax hike or a tax cut if you don't know the truth about what historically hikes and cuts have done economically? If people lie to you, how are you going to vote on what a 
partial birth abortion looks like and if it's if if it should be legal i know where we stand but to the left if you've never seen what it actually looks like because they've hid from you the truth you got to be anchored in the truth we don't have the truth anymore the media lies to us all the time they lie to us about the leftist agenda oh this is about just supporting gay kids in classrooms it has nothing to do with that it has nothing to do with that this bill in Florida stopped them from sexualizing kindergartners through third graders. You ever notice they always say in the classroom, they never mention it's kindergartners. Do you notice that with the media? It's because they lie. And then when you tell people the truth that the Florida bill is about kindergartners through third graders, all of a sudden, even the majority of primary voters on the Democrat side in Florida say, oh yeah, no, I definitely support that bill. We shouldn't be sexualizing kids in kindergarten. You see how they lie? You can't have a functioning society without an anchor in truth. Here, we've even got rhino hacks playing this game here, too. The let's play with the truth game. You want to vote about uh, having Trump indicted and Trump's corruption? Well, you got to know the truth, right? Alleged about Trump's corruption, January 6th and all this stuff. Well, here's Larry Hogan, the dreadful governor uh, of Maryland. This guy's, the, this guy's not even a Republican anymore. He's a full-blown Democrat. Here he was. Um, one of the weekend shows this weekend, again, promoting an absolutely false statement. CNN themselves was forced to debunk. And yet the guy will suffer no consequences at all. He'll be celebrated by the media as the good Republican. Here, check this out. A likelihood that a felony was committed is, you know, we're trying to get to the bottom of exactly what happened. I'm concerned about the missing uh, phone calls and tapes. But uh, there's no question, as I've been saying for a while, that he was involved in stirring up uh, the uh, the insurrection on January 6th. But I, I, I don't have enough information to make a legal determination. Here's this character-free zero, Harry Logan, sometimes known as Larry Hogan, repeating the seven hours of missing calls hoax, which, as you can see, CNN themselves was forced to debunk out of pure embarrassment. Official review of Trump phone logs from January 6th finds the record is complete. CNN, someone should tell Harry Logan that. You see how when we're not anchored in truth, political opportunists like this loser in Maryland take advantage of every opportunity to run with a false premise like there's a don't say gay bill, which, by the way, he attacked Ron DeSantis for as well. Let me tell you something. Folks, I know Larry Hogan. I know him well. I campaigned in the same cycle as him. Larry Hogan is a liar. Larry Hogan is a fraud. Larry Hogan's been a fraud for a long time. Larry Hogan had a PR guy who, and, and the PR guy, um, he's telling me his only concern about Larry Hogan's Change Maryland Facebook page was if he had more likes than the other guy and he would call and check in on his likes all the time. That's who Larry Hogan is. Larry Hogan called me one time and begged me to stay out of the governor's race because he knew he was a flake candidate who would have had no shot. That happened. <laughs> Larry, did I, Joe, Joe knows Larry yeah. Hogan well. Yeah. Larry Hogan is after the, I had, I had helped Larry Hogan in that election cycle get elected by campaigning with him, which I regret to this day. We'd actually made a donation to his group. You think we'd get a, uh, a thank you from Larry Hogan? No, his, when his office, we had, we had asked him, we want to congratulate him on winning the governorship. Um, and his people could not have been more obnoxious about how the uh, governor elect you now, Larry Hogan. That's the kind of guy Larry Hogan is a total fraud. He will say anything to get elected. The man is a fraud. We got him on our side, too. We call out both sides here. Folks, the truth requires standards, too. You need some kind of a standard, an ethical standard. You can't have a standard where. If we're going to cover one story that reflects on Democrats, you need irrefutable proof and evidence. But when you're reporting on Republicans, right, like reporting on Donald Trump, conjecture works just fine. Are we clear on that? Pretty good. right? You need the media is supposed to tell you the truth. We can't have a free society without truth where they lie about everything. And yet the standards to get to the truth change. Conjecture is good enough to report on a Republican. But on the uh, if it's a story about a Democrat, no, no, no. There has to be irrefutable, damning proof. Here's what I mean. 
Chris Christie was on one of the weekend shows on ABC this weekend with George Snuffleupagus, Democratic uh, activist and operative. And uh, he said, you know, he, uh, listen, I'm not a huge Christie fan. He's a Hogan, Larry Hogan ally, by the way. And this guy will abandon us just yeah. when we, uh, you know, yeah, Christie's no friend of ours. But he did, you know, the fair is fair. We actually do the truth here. He hit back on ABC about their different standards of truth. Like, it's interesting. You guys, when you had the Hunter Biden laptop, didn't seem a lot, uh, didn't seem at all interested in reporting on what we knew to be true. And yet the dossier, which was totally fake and false and phony, is a point I made a thousand times. You guys ran with the story and all the conjecture and it kind of weird, right? I'm going to make this case for you here and say there are different standards here. Check this out. Most of his organizations, Chris, didn't didn't publish the dossier. No, they didn't publish the dossier, Ruth. But what they did was aggressively pursue that and call it as if it was fact. And with the Hunter Biden case, Twitter took the New York Post a Twitter account down because they reported on the Hunter Biden laptop, which now turns out to be completely true. So let's just call Chris, like, let's call it what it was. The, the New York Post had it right. But the, George, the New York Post had it right. And the Washington Post and the New York Times had it wrong. Now, but, you can decide, everyone will decide what the motivation for that was, whether it was simple error, whether it was not sufficient reporting, whether it was bias. Everyone's going to have their opinions on that. But the facts that we know now are, the New York Post had it right during the campaign last year, and the other media outlets had it wrong. It, it, the Washington Post supposed to report on a hard drive that it did not have at the time that was given to Rudy and Giuliani. Were, listen, I mean, were, it's, were, it's not reported, an easy call if you're an editor. They reported on a lot of stuff regarding Russian infiltration of the Trump campaign that turned out to be flat wrong, dead wrong. So they'll insist there on that ridiculous ABC panel full of losers, Snuffleupagus and the other leftist hacks. That, oh, yeah, we didn't really report on the dossier. So I just pulled up a quick supercut of the media reporting on the dossiers, which has been fully discredited the entire time. So for George Snuffleupagus and his panelist guests there, I introduce hat tip uh, Grabian the great Tom Elliott over at Grabian. Here is a one minute plus supercut of leftists in the media, deep state hacks and liberals reporting on the dossier as if it was true because their standards didn't matter. It was just conjecture, which had already been debunked. Check this out. Parts of the now infamous dossier on Trump have proven to be true. I know the history of the dossier, but it hasn't been discredited. In fact, it's been the opposite. It's been corroborated. Much of the dossier has been corroborated. This discredited dossier, it which hasn't was been paid discredited. for, paid for. Your intel community has corroborated all of the details in there. The all, meeting. Some of the substantive content, content of the dossier, we were able to corroborate in our intelligence community assessment, which hmm. from other sources in which we had very high confidence. We know that with the FISA application, the relevant parts of Christopher Steele's dossier were corroborated. Say that if the application included information from the dossier, it would only be after the FBI had, in fact, corroborated information through its own investigation. We also know that as time goes on, more and more parts of the Steele dossier get corroborated. So when the president just refers to it as fake dossier, that is false. Uh, I... I don't think that's uh, that is the accurate characterization for the entirety of the dossier. Clear, investigators have corroborated part of the uh, dossier. The dossier has been corroborated by the intelligence community. U.S. investigators have corroborated some of the allegations in that dossier. Although we do know that parts of it have been corroborated. It's not been corroborated, but it hasn't been disproven either. Is there anything in the dossier that has been disproven? No, but not one thing has been disproven. No major thing from the dossier has been conclusively disproven to date. None of it has been disproven. So just to be clear, they're talking point number one that they did not report on the dossier is fact. I just showed you a minute plus of media hacks, deep staters, intelligence community people and liberals telling you that parts of it had been corroborated. They hadn't. They hadn't. That's nonsense. The only thing ever corroborated in the dossier was that Carter Page was in Russia once, which means nothing, nothing. And then you have intelligence communities confirming, well, you know, it hasn't been disproven. So just to be clear, if conjecture isn't disproven, that's enough to report on it. That's their talking point. Number one, that we didn't report on the dossier is corroborated. You just watched it. Talking point. Number two is, well, they didn't report on it before the election of 2016. So we didn't really technically interfere with the 2016 election. No, they interfered with that in 2022. I'll prove that to you in a second as well. I want you to save this article I'm going to put up next, please. 
Save it, print it, own it. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay, so the first narrative completely fell apart and Chris Christie exposed it. They interfered in the 2016 election by pushing a discredited hoax about Trump's ties to Russia that was embedded in a dossier. I just showed you the media pumping this dossier as fact, even though it was nothing more than ridiculous bar talk and conjecture. Now, the second talking point, please, ladies and gentlemen, put this article on a search engine, save it, own it, love it, print it, attach it, frame it on your wall. They will say to you, well, okay, even though the Russian collusion stuff has been fully discredited, it didn't really interfere with the 2016 election because nobody reported on it till afterwards. Really? Here is a New York MAG article I've spoken about on this show. Where, what, I don't know, Joe, 20, 30 times. It's by Margaret Hartman. You can put it in a search engine yourself. The headline of the article is Final October Surprises Reveal FBI is Probing Trump's Alleged Russia Ties. Look at the date, man. For the liberal dunces out there, the snuffleuffa guy of the world, look at the date. Look at the date. It's just days before the November election. It's November 1st, 2016. Understand why this anchor in truth now matters? You'll lose an argument easily if you're on the air and you don't know what you're talking about and you're a talking head and some hack like George Snuffleupagus says something like, well, they didn't report on it before the 2016 election. You go, really? Can you explain this article for me, Georgia? No, November 1st about Trump's ties to Russia. Can you explain it? Uh, 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 I got it depends. You see how when you know the truth, can speak intelligently on the matter while the liars can't. The problem is the truth doesn't get out there because they do everything to hide it. Truth relies on standards, folks. You need standards. You can't have a standard for the left, right? We're reporting on Hunter Biden. We need absolute proof to report on it. Reporting on Donald Trump requires debunked conjecture. You can't have it. The Washington Post proves my point this weekend. Do not let these people off the hook. Don't even think about it. The Washington Post now which is trying to do this weird, let's save our reputation after interfering in both the 2016 and 2020 elections and the Trump presidency. The Washington Post, there are some people on the left like, okay, look, they're making it right now about the Hunter Biden story. No, they're not. Here's the article I'm talking about in the editorial section of the Washington Post. It's titled, The Hunter Biden Story is an Opportunity for a Reckoning. Again, Washington Post suggesting now, oh, okay, maybe we should apologize a little bit, get our reputations back. Not happening. Not happening. Not happening. Here, I'm going to prove to you how the standards are totally different, and they even admit it right here. They say the Washington Post reported Wednesday on the multi-million dollar deals the president's son made with the Chinese energy company. The investigation adds new details and confirms old ones about the ways in which Joe Biden's family has profited from trading overseas on his name something for which the president deserves criticism for tacitly condoning. Listen to this part. What it does not do, despite some conservatives' insistence otherwise, is prove that President Biden acted corruptly. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to blow a volcanic top here. We have a business partner to the deal. Tony Bobolinsky, a business partner to the CEFC China deal with Hunter Biden, who admits one of the business partners with unimpeachable credibility, former member of the service, a, well, from, all, from all accounts, a good and decent guy, who has already said that Joe Biden was the big guy who 10% was supposed to go to him from this deal. He has already said he met with Joe Biden about some of these deals. He has said where it happened. There are pictures 
of Hunter Biden with some of Joe Biden's business partners from other countries. What more evidence do you need? You have corroborated, documented emails talking about 10% for the big guy being Joe Biden. And the Washington Post says it doesn't prove. So just to be clear, that's not enough proof. So with the laptop, their evidentiary standard is you can't prove it unless Joe Biden himself admits to it. Yet with the dossier, their standard was what? Oh, you can't disprove it. Well, none of it's real. Yeah, yeah, but you can't disprove it. Folks, no standards, no society. What, what, really? What's, this is what tyrants and totalitarians have wanted from the beginning of time. Propaganda rather than media. That's what this is here. There will be no forgiveness for the Washington Post. There will be no reckoning. Here's this clown chief of staff, by the way, this uh, past weekend for Biden, Ron Klain. Probably one of the least talented people to ever serve in this position as chief of staff to the executive office of president. Probably the least talented guy I have ever seen who goes on this weekend, one of the network shows, and he's asked a question about Joe Biden's shady, corrupt, disgusting business deals with his son and his brother, Jim Biden. And Ron Klain opens up by saying, after he's asked the question, you'll hear it here, that, yeah, they did the right thing. Did the right thing, taking money from uh, the Chinese Communist Party and known enemies of the United States. Probably the worst messaging guy I've ever seen in this position in my life. Check this out. The Washington Post also reported this week on deals that Hunter Biden had with a Chinese energy company, paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter and the president's brother. Is the president confident his family didn't cross any ethical lines? Uh, George, the president is confident that his uh, family did the right thing. But again, I want to just be really clear. These are actions by uh, Hunter and his brother. They're private matters. They don't involve the president. And they certainly are something that no one at the White House is involved in. Not even the big guy. Not even. And <laughs> uh, we're just, but they did the right thing. I mean, really, we were, it's funny. Guy and I were going through this stuff this morning. And we're like, this guy couldn't think of any other terminology <laughs> to use to describe the corrupt hunter thing than they did the right thing. And this guy is your, your messaging guru, <laughs> chief of staff out of the White House. I mean, this guy is a, is a numbnuts like you wouldn't believe. He's the same guy who retweeted the workaround comment from the MSNBC <laughs> yeah. comment, a commentator when they were talking about the OSHA vaccine mandate. I mean, you want to talk about a guy with zero credibility on the messaging front. It's Ron Klain. He did the right thing. All right. I got to move on. Yeah, right. He's a secret Republican, just like uh, Hogan's a secret Democrat. You're right. Maybe they should trade roles. <laughs> Hogan should go to the Democrats. Klain should go over to the Republicans. What a, what a bunch of canoes here. All right. Let me, uh, let me get to my next sponsor, Folds of Honor. But here's what I got coming up. Folks, this is going to be a tech tyranny block coming up. It's getting ugly with Google. You know, you'll, you'll never believe what Google's looking at next, what they're surveilling next. You still posting your stuff to Google? Eyes better get open real quick, clockwork orange style, because they are watching what you're doing and they're not even hiding it anymore. The surveillance state is here. It's not a conspiracy theory. All right, folds of honor, ladies and gentlemen. I wear their shirts all the time because it is quite simply in my humble opinion, one of the finest charities out there. Education can change the lives of kids. And what about education for the kids of our fallen soldiers? It matters. You know why? Because freedom's not free. It comes with a high price, paid for by America's heroes and their families too. Heroes like Corporal Shane Keelon, who was killed in action on November 15th, 2004 in Fallujah, Iraq. Corporal Keelon was only 23 years old. He had less than two years of service. He survived by his wife, April, and their son, Shane Jr., who was born 30 minutes after his death. Corporal Keelan was posthumously awarded the Silver Star and Purple Heart. While left without his hero, Shane Jr. was not left behind. Today, he's a multi-year scholarship recipient from the Folds of Honor charity and a junior in high school. His career ambitions as to, uh, are, to, uh, as, are to commission as an officer in the military and to become a pilot. The Folds of Honor. The charity, folks, provides life-changing scholarships for the families of our military heroes like the Lucas family. The need is great. We need patriots like you. I believe in them. I've always believed in them. Please join the Folds of Honor Squadron today with a recurring donation of as little as $13 a month. Folks, the website to help. I'm humbly, forget the ad stuff. This is just a personal matter for me. 
Minus they paid for this, but they matter to me. I've been wearing their shirts forever. I'm a donor. The website is foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. Please join the mission today. Foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. Foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. Please help them out. These children are our fallen soldiers. They need a, they need a, they need a hand. And giving them an education will change their life. Foldsofhonor.org slash squadron. Deeply appreciate them being part of the show. Okay, thanks, Folds of Honor. We appreciate everything you're doing. Folks, you know the, t- I have a, by the way, I have a big announcement coming up uh, this Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Well, I'm sorry, next Tuesday, so a week from tomorrow, um, about what we're doing to fight back against tech tyranny again. Things have exploded on our end in the parallel economy, and I couldn't be more excited about what we're doing. So this coming, uh, excuse me, a, a week from tomorrow, we'll have an announcement about uh, some of the partnerships we're engaged in to grow the parallel economy away from these people. Ladies and gentlemen, Google is a pure evil company. They are evil. Google, we have banned Google from running our podcast. We have eliminated Google largely from our lives. We, they, they insert themselves everywhere. Google is an evil company, ladies and gentlemen. Get away from them and all of their products as quickly as you can. Google is aligned with far-left ideology, the same ideology I told you about in the beginning that seeks to divide and conquer this country. Reclaim the Net's a rather uh, really good site. I really enjoy reading, and they cover some of Google's tech uh, tyranny misadventures. Uh, and, and this is one of the articles I saw this weekend. You have Google Docs, folks, where you upload documents into Google to share them? You better get off that as soon as possible. Here's the article. Describes it right here. So I'll be in my newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Sign up. I'll send you these articles every day. It's all free, of course. New Google Docs feature to flag potentially discriminatory or inappropriate language. A new feature that can influence what people write. So just to be clear, you're running a business, whatever it is. Joey Bag of Donuts Widget Factory. Joey Bag of Donuts has some information about widgets and he puts it in a document to upload. Google's reading that document, scanning that document, and deeming what's offensive language, preventing you from sharing that document. What are they doing with that information? The more important question is why are we loading anything up to Google Docs? A far left radical company committed to the destruction of this country and the division of America. Of course, it's not just them scanning Google Docs surveilling you, watching you, selling all your data. That's not the end of it. This is another story. Reclaim the net. These both popped this, week, this past weekend. Google to demonetize sites that dismiss the Russia-Ukraine war? Listen to this one. In an email to publishers obtained by Reclaim the, ne- Reclaim the Net, Google said it would not run ads alongside content with, quote, claims that imply victims are responsible for their own tragedy or similar instances of victim blaming such as claims that Ukraine's committing genocide or deliberately attacking its own citizens. So just to be clear, however vile you consider some of these things, if you have an opinion about Ukraine that goes against the mainstream media narrative about what our involvement in Ukraine should be because you believe Ukraine may have taken a part in it, you're not allowed to speak on Google, that Google's going to make sure they pull ads from your site to make sure you're demonetized, censored, and put out of business. Folks, the greatest day of my life, and I want to thank the, uh, the sleazeball activists who really pushed Google to start to attack us. I want to thank you. Um, it was really terrific. Thank you for, for uh, forcing us to take action against YouTube and pulling our content off there. We now have uh, 2,250,000 followers on Rumble, which is almost three times as many as we had on YouTube. And thank you for finally making sure we separate from Google Ads and pulled our podcast from Google. It was the best day of our life. And I'll say to you out there, if you're running a website now, get away from Google Ads as soon as possible. And it's because of that that I am working on another project with another friend of mine to build an entirely new ad ecosystem away from these people, just like we did Rumble. The parallel economy is flourishing, and it's flourishing because of tyrants like this. Here's one more, by the way, the surveillance future you'll be looking at. Another article I saw at Reclaim the Net. Senator Elizabeth Warren says it's time for a centrally controlled digital currency. Throws her support behind it. You think the surveillance state's bad now? 
Google scanning your documents, scanning your Google Maps queries, scanning your queries in Google search. You think it's bad now? Google telling you what you can say or not say about Ukraine, pulling their ad network from sites online despite being very powerful and having influence. You think it's bad now? You think the surveillance state's bad now? Wait till the government gets behind the surveillance state, which, by the way, will be done in conjunction with big tech. It'll be the Eddie Brock Venom symbiote, government and big tech, and uses the assistance of big tech to monitor and control a digital currency where they tell you where you can and can't spend your money, where you can and cannot spend your money. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear digital currency, any politician supporting digital currency should never, ever, ever get your vote. One big story on the tech front that's important, by the way, that I saw break just this morning. I want to give it a little color as well. Have you heard the story about Elon Musk? Elon Musk, of course, the, yeah. uh, known yeah. for Tesla. Most people know who he is. One of the richest men in the world. He's been largely libertarian on a lot of issues. So this broke, I saw this on The Verge this morning. Elon Musk buys 9.2% of Twitter amid complaints about free speech. Twitter's uh, share price rose in response. Now, this is interesting. There's a lot of different takes on why Elon Musk might have, he's now the largest shareholder in Twitter. But folks, something, uh, there's something going on here. I want to just give you two quick points about this. I haven't spoken to Guy about this. Yeah, I know you're fascinated by this story. He's, uh, two things. It's interesting that when Elon Musk purchased almost 10% of Twitter, which is an enormous amount, talking about billions, he must have bought a couple billion dollars worth of stock. He notes that it's passive, his investment. Well, I'm not sure how you're going to change the direction of Twitter with passive investing. Joe, as we know, active investing, where you use your shares to influence board members and board votes, that's where you change the direction of a right. company. Yeah, You buy shares, you push the board members to vote for the company to go woke. That's what the left does. Buying passive shares and noting it publicly seems to imply to me that you're just buying it as an investment. You don't want any say in how the companies run, which was really confusing to me. Why would he do that? This is, I don't know. I mean, it's, you know, I'm sure he's not insider trading, so I doubt he has any insider information. But I see Twitter going down their share price in the future, not up, especially if he's not going to be active. But second, Jack Dorsey, who was the founder of Twitter, he tweeted out something interesting last week, complaining about the centralized economy, the centralized internet, and how he regrets being part of it. I don't know. Are him and Elon working on something? I don't know. I genuinely don't know. But those are two points that I haven't seen a lot of people focus on. They're talking about, oh, Elon's buying 10% of Twitter because he's going to take over Twitter. I, well, not passively, he's not. I don't know what he's up to. but. Be you know, and Jack Dorsey tweeting this weekend, or just tweeting it just uh, not long ago about how centralized, uh, you know, he's worried about the centralized, like big tech centralizing control, and he regrets it. Strange, right? I'll have an update on that for you. Hopefully, soon we get more information. But that story's been making the rounds. All right, I got to move on because there's going to be a vote today in committee for Supreme Court Justice nominee Kentaji Brown Jackson. Now, Kentanji Brown-Jackson is not fit to be on the Supreme Court. She claims to not know what a woman is, which is frankly embarrassing. She says she does not have the definition of a woman, um, which is bizarre. You are not qualified to hold a position um, anywhere in our economy, no less as a Supreme Court justice is one of the nine most powerful justices on planet Earth than judges. There is no way you belong in the Supreme Court. But her confusion doesn't just end there, fellas, where she doesn't appear to know what a woman is. She doesn't even understand the bedrock principles of big R, God-given rights. The United States, via the Declaration of Independence, our Constitution, our founding documents, and our founding fathers, was founded on the whole idea that government does not give you rights. It is only there to enshrine rights granted to you by God. So when a Q&A, written Q&A, where Judge Brown Jackson was asked the question, quote, do you hold a position on whether individuals possess natural rights, yes or no? Her response was, I do not hold the position on whether individuals possess natural rights. It's funny because the question says, if yes, what is your position? She writes, see my prior response. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Holding, what is it? It's holding 10 yards? 10 yards, <laughs> you repeat got- first down. Just to be clear. 
Our constitution and founding documents, which clearly delineate the existence of God-given rights. You don't have to read. It's not a subtext. It's very clearly stated. The judge is confused about that. You see how the existence of God-given rights, ladies and gentlemen, puts emergency brakes on our behavior. The fact that we as conservatives believe that there is another higher power out there that's granted every human being, tapped them on the shoulder, the right to assemble, the right to petition, the right to speak, the right to defend themselves, and the right to live. How that prevents us, if we believe it, from attacking our fellow man in an immoral and unethical way. The left doesn't have that. They don't believe in any of this. They don't have that emergency break. It's why they want to sexualize kids and divide them from their parents, and they see no moral problem with it at all. The morals and ethics aren't there. Can't have a problem with what you don't have. It's the left's belief that there is no existence of God-given big R rights that leads to abominations like this story this weekend. Lifenews.com. Shocking images show five babies killed in late-term abortions at a DC abortion clinic. You're wondering why I'm going to put together this monologue this weekend about the far left just plain evil at this point? Don't just gaff off the question and say, of course, yes, it's not good enough to say, of course. We rely on truth and making a case and evidence. Folks, I ask you, what kind of person defends something like this? Here's the story. Babies killed in the abortions were reportedly killed at the Washington Surgery Center, which advertises late-term abortions at 27-plus weeks of pregnancy. This is hard to read. 27-plus weeks of pregnancy. Long past the point where unborn babies are viable outside the womb. Babies' bodies were reportedly obtained from a pro-life advocate in Washington who was arrested yesterday for protesting inside the abortion center. Pro-life advocates arrested. It all happened in Washington, D.C. You see what happens when a society falls apart that is no anchor to big R, God-given rights, and no anchor to truth? Have you heard about this story this weekend? Why is the mainstream media covering it up? Bodies of murdered babies? Why would that not be a story? You see? No emergency break, folks. What we're dealing with here is evil. When you don't believe in big R, God-given rights, most importantly, the right to live, this is what happens. This is also what happens. There was a... uh, Shooting this weekend in Sacramento, California. Six people were killed. Probably an opportunity to get a grasp of what happened, the facts, get the criminal investigation down, find out what happened, find out the motive before you jump to a political conclusion, which would be immoral and unethical. But when you don't have an emergency break in your behavior and you don't believe in people's right to defend themselves, this is what happens. Daily Mail story. Biden demands new gun laws in wake of Sacramento massacre that killed six. You don't even need to read anymore. Biden has no idea what happened. Biden does not have the details of the situation. We're still not sure about all the contours of what happened there. But of course, Joe Biden, who has no emergency break in his behavior whatsoever, deems it a good opportunity to steal away your big R God-given rights to defend yourself because there's no emergency break of morality embedded in this man's corrupt behavior. So, As you know, you know, the fact checkers and the media and big tech, just like they colluded to interfere in the 2016 election. I just proved it to you. I showed you the New York article, New York bag article right before the 2016 election about Trump and his fictitious ties to Russia. You need any more evidence? I already showed it to you. They also colluded to try to suppress the story rather than advance a story that would have hurt Trump. But to suppress the story, it would have hurt Biden before the 2020 election. Where are the fact checkers? Joseph Vasquez asked this at Newsbusters. Fact checkers have yet to react to new facts on Hunter Biden emails. They failed to react. Why is that? Maybe because they're not really anchored in truth, what we've been talking about the whole time, but anchored in political propaganda. Here's another guy, Chris Wallace, who thankfully has left Fox. Uh, Bartiromo, Maria Bartiromo has an excellent show on on Sunday. She absolutely torches this stud. This guy this weekend on our show pointing out how remember during the debate, people forget this, how Trump brought up the Hunter Biden laptop. And then Chris Wallace was like, hey, I don't think anybody wants to hear about that here. 
Check this out. Here's Maria Bartiromo for a show this weekend. Take a look. But why was he giving tens son. of millions? All right. But he wasn't giving right. tens of millions. That is totally, totally, totally discredited. We've, both, we've already been through this. I think the American people would rather hear about more substantial so subjects. Well, you know, as the moderator, sir, I'm going to make a, know, a judgment call here. three and a half million okay, dollars right. from the Let's mayor about, of Moscow. Let's talk about not think true. It's gentlemen, that report is totally... Where Chris Wallace interrupted President Trump when Trump was trying to explain that three and a half million dollar check from the former mayor of Moscow's wife and all the money Biden has uh, received. And Chris Wallace turns around and says, Mr. Trump, Mr. Trump, stop. We've got to get to more important matters. You also saw the soundbite of John Harwood over at CNN saying this has nothing to do with Joe Biden. How does it have nothing to do with Joe Biden when it's his name and title that they're playing on, that they're peddling out there to get money and meetings? Well, of course, it has everything to do with Joe Biden. But again, what this proves is how complicit the media is in this. We don't have an impartial mainstream media anymore. They are advocates for the Democrat Party. Folks, this is important. It is super important. You use every vehicle you had. I opened up the show. I'm going to wrap up the show with the same thing. Every vehicle you have to get the truth out there. Upwards of 17% of voters indicated in a poll. They would have changed their vote in the 2020 election if they had known about the Hunter Biden story. We have to do a better job. I know we're dealing with headwinds, tech suppression, tyranny, censorship, and the mainstream media. I know it, but it's not an excuse to give up. I have vehicles, my digital platform, my cable news show, my radio show on the FCC airwaves, my social media profile. I do everything I can to get the truth out there. We've got to do it to get around the censorship block. We are never going to be able to win an election nationally fairly again. All right. Speaking of elections, by the way, um, interesting story I saw pop this weekend. So Sarah Palin kind of surprised everyone. Everybody remembers Sarah Palin, governor of Alaska, nomination for uh, nom- uh, vice presidential uh, nominee under with John McCain. And she announced she was running for Congress, which I have to be honest with you, surprised me and I think a lot of people. So she immediately got Donald Trump's endorsement. Donald Trump endorses Sarah Palin for Alaska, the House of Representatives. You know, listen, uh, this is a big surprise to a lot of people, but there's a couple of things she's got going for her. Sarah Palin was kind of the original, you know, original bulldog. <laughs> so uh, I think she's uh, she's got a really good shot. And, 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 and Joe, as we made the point many times, just a little bit of elector, electoral inside baseball. I don't want to bore you with it, but it's true. I've been run for office myself primaries, which is what she's running in. Ladies and gentlemen, name ID is everything. People recognizing your name. Is there a Republican on planet Earth or a Republican who doesn't recognize Sarah Palin? I doubt it. She has almost universal name ID. Why does it matter? Just think it through. It's simple. In a general election, name ID is important, but it's not as important. Why? Because it's typically an overwhelming majority of the time, a Republican versus a Democrat. So whether the Republican's name is Harry Logan, Larry Hogan, Joey Bag of Donuts, or Bag of Joey Donuts, Republicans are going to do what? They're going to see the R and vote for the guy. Right. Whether they recognize the name or not. Correct? That's not the case in a primary. In a primary, you get a bunch of names, uh, sometimes no party designation at all, and people aren't going to vote for a name they don't know. So typically in a primary, you'll see a guy at the top, if it's listed in alphabetical order, get 10% of the vote just because people didn't recognize any of the names and check the first box. I'm not kidding. She has almost universal name ID. I like Sarah Palin a lot. I don't want to, that's an opinion. That's not a journalistic point of view or me trying to be any kind of a political reporter. I like Sarah Palin a lot. It's based on personal experience. Um, I, you know, I've been blessed enough to get to meet a lot of these people personally. Some of them have disappointed me. I'm just telling you my opinion. Um, Sarah Palin has not done that. When I met Sarah Palin, she was genuinely interested about, you know, and this is when I had no following at all about me, my stance on conservatism. She had good pointed questions and I've always appreciated Sarah Palin. So we're going to try to get her on the radio show this week or next week. I'll let you know. So that should be a lot of fun, but she got Donald Trump's endorsement, which means a lot. Okay. Last story. And I want to roll because I told you about this last week, the unbroken leg fallacy, right? How it's, um, again, being a leftist requires you to be not anchored to the truth at all, to be swimming in a sea of stupidity and lies, right? So one of the ways the left lies and constantly gets caught making the same mistakes again because they were never told about the, the truth about the first mistakes, 
right? Is this unbroken leg fallacy. Government, whatever government touches, they destroy. Government's a forest fire, right? So government introduces a solution to a problem. Government then creates new problems. Then the new problems the government wants to solve by creating more government uh, solutions to the problems they created in the first place. This is another textbook example. Here it is of the government creating a problem they then attempt to solve. So if you're a green energy advocate, which is a problem in and of itself because the technology isn't ready, then one of the things you need is battery technology, right? Tesla's storing energy from solar projects. You need batteries, correct? Not hard, right? Well, batteries, right, require these critical rare earth minerals. You have to mine them to get them. Batteries aren't made out of uh, water, vapor, and air. Batteries are made out of critical minerals. So the Biden administration refuses to mine critical earth minerals because environmentalists don't like mining. So they're shutting these mining projects down. So now that the Biden administration wants to push for green energy because it caused another problem by not letting us use our own oil and having to rely on Russian oil, now they need more critical minerals. So the Wall Street Journal notes in their article, Critical Mineral Contradictions, they say, so first you block private mining projects, then you declare a crisis about it, and then you subsidize companies for those and other projects. How about writing an executive order, Biden, to eliminate your own administration's obstacles to the mining you claim to want? <laughs> but Joe Biden now wants to use the Defense Production Act to increase the production of rare earth minerals. His own administration blocked the production of in the middle of the, uh, in, the uh, in the beginning of his campaign, um, in the beginning of his, uh, his, his time sitting in the Oval Office. Tell me again, though, how leftists, you have the solutions to all our problems despite creating them themselves. And don't worry, Pete Buttigieg has a solution to all of this, by the way. The green energy technology that's not ready for prime time yet. The rare earth minerals they don't want to mine because they're beholden to AOC type green new dealers. Right? Pete Buttigieg just says, hey, man, just get used to the higher prices. That's just the price of admission. Here, check this out. Even if all of the oil we use in the USA were made in the USA, the price of it is still subject to powers and dynamics outside of the USA, which means that until we achieve a form of energy independence that is based on clean energy created here at home, American citizens will still be vulnerable to wild price hikes like we're seeing right now. Again, uh, there's not a human being on planet Earth who says less by saying more than Pete Buttigieg. He basically just said two completely contradictory things. You're subject to wild price hikes because of supply and demand dynamics out of our control. And he admits in the beginning that it is under our control and we could produce more, but we don't want to. He then pushes for more green energy projects, despite the fact that the Biden administration got in the way of green energy project mining, who now wants to use the Defense Production Act to increase mining of green energy projects. Keep being a leftist, folks. Keep being a leftist. Drowning in a sea of stupid all the time. You're not getting a life preserver from me. I'm sorry. Learn to swim. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Don't forget to check out the radio show a little later. And thanks for tuning in all the feedback on the uh, TV show this weekend on Fox. We really went for it this weekend, and we appreciate your support. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.